It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. Yo! Welcome to Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on 1460 KXNO. Happy Spring Football Eve, Randy. Hey, it's nice to uh, to be here. Happy Spring Football Eve to you. I feel like we've been talking about spring football for the last three months. I think really? It's finally, yeah. Well, I mean, that's what we spent. Didn't we? We talked about it all last week on the show. Oh, you I weren't wasn't here. here. Though. Oh, I wasn't yeah. here last week. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, but it's good. It's cool. It's ready to go. And I was and vomiting that, last week. It was horrible. Cool. That means it's that much closer till September first. Hi, Tommy. How are you? Great. I'm. I'm pretty pumped about spring football just because can't remember the last time there was this type of excitement going into the spring season. I mean, there's always been excitement when it comes to Iowa State football. It's usually some kind of false hope. You know, it's like, oh, well, this is Matt Campbell's first year. There's just excitement about transition. In the past, you know, there's been, oh, just now in Lazard and – yeah, uh, even the fair. future of the south end zone, but this is the first time that you have something concrete concrete to, I guess, lean on and just say, hey, this is why you should be excited about Iowa State football. There's now something to, to build on, some momentum going into spring. It's not like, a, oh, we just tore everything down from the season. Now we're building it back up. It's now taking it up a notch. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. I, I think that, you know, when you surprise everybody and win eight games like they did a year ago, and usually year three is when you really start to judge a head coach on what he's done. So I, I kind of feel like they're, they're 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 clearly ahead of schedule. Absolutely. I remember thinking, uh, you know, when we were kind of mapping out our, our predictions I for last season – I didn't think Iowa State would go to a bowl game. My my thought was it was just going to be steady progression off that first year where they were going to tease a bowl game. And not only did they go to a bowl game last year, they won a bowl game and exceeded many, many more expectations with the route that it took them to get there. So now um, maybe the expectations a lot of people normally would have had for year three of, of Matt Campbell – are going to be off the charts insane. Randy, what are fair expectations for next year? Like just a, like if you had to throw a win loss total out there, like what, what is a fair realistic number to put that at? I mean, clearly very early. I want to preface it with that. What were they this year? Eight, they, they, they were eight and five. Yeah. Seven and five. And nine of four, nine of four. They went eight and five this year. Then nine of four next year. It's, it's, um, they get by the first five games. So let me let me um let me throw this back at you, and I'm not even saying I disagree. I just like it's it's hard. I want to see what you 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 think with your experience and watching the football you have over the years. Um, so they won a lot of close games last year, mm-hmm. and they also lost a lot of close games last year. Like, does that usually? How does that usually transfer over? It just balances. I don't think it does. I'm not, I'm not certain it it. It really does. What I think this team's going to be better, <clears throat> excuse me, my gosh, is that we know what they're getting at quarterback. We, you know exactly what they're getting at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Kyle Kemp's mm-hmm. going to start the first four games. If they're two and two after four games, then they'll they'll take a look. 
you know, they'll peek and see what else they have. But, you know, he's going to start the first four games unless he gets hurt. They know what they have at running back. They know what they have at receiver. They know what they have in the offensive line. They know what they have in the defensive line. It's just a matter of getting getting the guys out there because, like, I don't know who somebody said, if they've got enough offense or defensive linemen to support the last three years. Um, oh, man, that's incredible. Yeah. It's right. I mean, and but it, they ju- it's just a matter of who's going to who's going to play, who's going to start there. And then the linebackers will be solid. I mean, they only play two of them anyway, um, defensive backs. So, yeah, I think that's for all those reasons, I think this team will be um, better than last year. And remember, this team won at Oklahoma, and they have Oklahoma in Ames. Um, um, And this team uh, knows the Matt Campbell system. And uh, like I said, they get through the first four or five games. I think it's it's – they're sailing. I, they could certainly finish in the top, right in the middle of the Big Twelve. It's but, it's so hard to say, uh, just put a, a win number and say nine wins, eight wins, uh, you know, whatever is uh, a fair expectation for this season. I mean, you have to look at it in so many different ways. I mean, basically, what you want to see is you want to see the program take another step in the right direction. That may not mean just straight up nine or ten wins. I mean. There's still a lot of things left for this um, team to accomplish that they haven't done in a while. You know, opponents left for them to beat. So, you know, maybe, you know, maybe they they win uh, eight games during the regular season and and get to a nicer bowl game. I mean, it, I mean, it's all it, it's not all just clear cut and dry. Just say okay, uh, eight wins. Eight wins is not a successful season. Nine wins is what makes it successful or 10 wins. It's just, to me, it's kind of how you get there, too, because I think why everybody looks at this, you know, this last season as one of the best in Iowa State football history is because you've got two of the biggest, you know, uh, two of some of the biggest wins in Iowa State history, uh, beating Oklahoma, beating TCU. Now, I mean, before we all could have penciled in a, a schedule where Iowa State would have won eight games, and it wouldn't have included any of those wins. But we base everything on numbers. Sure. And so that's why I, I think we're all agreed that Iowa State's going to be better than they were last year. We base everything on numbers. That's nine victories. Yeah, I just, I mean, my whole deal, and I think there's probably a little bit too much older, old school Iowa State in me. You just wonder, like, how much of last year was, like, outperforming where they should have been. Um, I don't know. I just, like, I could see there being, like, everybody's like, oh, we're going to win nine, ten games, and then you win seven, which is still really good. Absolutely. I mean, if you would have, if 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 anybody would have told us three years into the Campbell era, you're going to go seven and five, two of the three years, like, that, that's a grand slam. Yeah, and what if. So, like, my whole deal is, like, with fans, Tommy, it's like, man, like, I think seven and five were maybe a little bit lower. That's still a really good third season. Yeah, and it it, it kind of depends. It's like I said, how you get there. You win at Iowa. That's a that's a big win. Uh, you beat Oklahoma again. That's a big win. Um, you know, those are those are wins that if those are part of the seven wins, kind of I guess uh, wash away some of what could be deemed as uh, setbacks for the program this season. You know what I mean, kind of? Yeah, no, I totally do. I I don't think any of us are – I think Randy's right, by the way. I mean, the way they're looking at it, I'm sure, is you want to 
taking other well, stuff. And, that, and that's the way I'm looking at it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, bottom no. line is this: this is not a startup program. They got to a bowl game last year. Mm-hmm. Um, they got to a bowl game that people have heard of. Um, it's not so. It's not a do-over. It's not a. It's 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 a program that if you win seven games during the regular season, you're looking at Liberty Bowl again. I mean, so I would think that that um, Big Twelve should be not although, as good too. And I the Big 12 important. should not be – yeah, probably. you yeah, got all I those agree. quarterbacks leaving the league. Yeah, yeah. And and let's face it, Iowa State should have been in Orlando anyway if 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 the selection committee would have done their work and got two up. In in the call at Kansas State, clearly. Is, Three of them. But, the, yeah, what it would take your pick. Take your pick on them. But yeah. To me, that was the most disappointing part of the year was just because it's like they won that game. I, I yeah. I know and, you're, and we're the, not supposed to say they won that game. The well, Oklahoma, State, want, yeah, the Oklahoma State game, it's like, okay, that was a judgment deal. Like, whatever, that could go either yeah. way. That didn't really bother the, if that, me. If uh, that K-State the, game was played in Ames, Iowa State would have won. Yeah, the Kansas I mean, State game, they, they won that game. Like, I don't care what I, anybody I'm from the league with tells with you me. 100%. Well, yeah, they're not going to tell you anything. Yeah. I mean, they hide behind, we don't, we don't, we've talked about this a hundred times. They're hiding behind, we don't talk about that. Well, that's bull, they do. But they have before. But anyway, here's what I like about I. Okay, let me. My biggest concerns on the year, and this is where I just it, I'm still having a hard time. And I I know I know we had the same conversation last year at this time. I still don't. I know they have more guys on the offensive line, and these guys are very talented, but they're they're not proven. Uh, there's a couple of them who are Knipple, Julian Good Jones. Good Jones would be the two Foster. that I would single out. Yeah, but Foster really wasn't that good last year. Like he was, he was a rookie though. So like you expect him to get yeah. better. Like my whole deal is you got two guys who are, I think are proven big and maybe throw Meeker into there yep. because Meeker's played a lot and you know, he's at least serviceable and he should keep getting better. It's just, you got to Like Foster has to develop. Bolton has to develop all these young guys. And, and it, Bolton played less. Did he play it last just year? Just toward the end, as I believe. As a true freshman, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Didn't he? Yeah. I, I, or he's on the depth chart. Uh, I can't remember Yeah, I don't think not. he actually ever did I don't think he did play. I'm looking no. at the depth Here, yeah. Here's where, I mean, one, uh, I mean, you look at the last two seasons, yeah, the offensive line was not uh, spectacular by any stretch of the means for Iowa State. They were definitely playing well, abo- uh, well above their talent level. Um, for what they have, which that shows and, you how bad the talent was. Yeah, honestly. but all, and also, I mean, you look at it. Uh, the last two seasons, they've had to replace four starters on that line. This year, they have some experience coming back. They have some bodies in there. They have depth. These are things that this Iowa State offensive line hasn't had for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. So at least yeah. that gives me a little bit of faith um, that that unit is going to progress. And we've seen the last two years that that group got considerably better from the start of the season by the end of the season. Now, um, you know, I think we all have a lot of faith and based off of what everybody has told us about Jeff Myers, that he's going to be able to take the baton and run with it. But until we see that, you know, that's going to be a question mark moving forward because this is the first time Matt Campbell's staff has had some turnover um, since he's been there. Now, it, it sounds like these are guys that are just going to fill those gaps pretty, you know, and almost not miss a beat. But they are fair questions to kind of wonder about as the season gets going. And like you said, the offensive line is one of the biggest question marks. And now they've got a new leader. Five one five two eight four five nine six six. If you guys want to chime in with us here, it's Cyclone Insider with the Des Moines Register here on fourteen sixty KXNO. Uh, we haven't even brought up the. 
the unit that really, I mean, catapulted Iowa State to a seven and five record a year ago, and that was the defense. Uh, Randy, I um, we 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 touched on it briefly early on. I think that they've got three future pros on that defensive line right now, and Uazarike, uh, uh, Jaquan Bailey, Ray Lima for sure. I think Matt Leo could potentially be one. Um, and I, and I think there's some of those other younger guys. I mean, who knows about Tongamo? I think he's a little bit of a wild card after what we've seen in the off season. And exactly. And those are guys that are going to play. They're going to play three man front. They're going to play four man front. They got a lot of versatility. They, there. Exactly. They've got, they've got guys that can mix and match with a lot of things. I agree. Jaquan Bailey is, is, um, you know, he's, he, he's going to be off the charts. I mean, he was last year. He's, he's going to be, I think a Wazirike. I'm just going to say him too. Yeah. If he, if he stays healthy. He's got to stay healthy. Um, Tongamoa, I agree, is 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 the wild card. Tongamoa and Lima, and and Leo. I'm sorry, yeah. Tongamoa and Leo. They came to Iowa State with big, with people had had expectations. It's time for them to live up to those expectations, and um, you know maybe that I don't know whether I I don't get all excited about spring ball as everybody else, but maybe that's old school too. But uh, I don't think they're going to be. I don't think. I think they're those guys are going to be yeah okay spring ball's not going to hurt them by any means but where they're going to have to show whether they can play or not is in the fall it's 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 in the fall the the month or month and a half or whatever it is leading up to September 1st against South Dakota State that's where they're going to have to to um okay show step up and say okay I'm as good as what everybody thought I was going to be and and I'm talking about Tongamoa specifically there because he was yeah. supposed to be the gem of this recruiting yeah. class. See, when it comes, uh, I think I kind of look at it from a little bit different perspective. When it comes to Tonga, Tonga Moa and Leo, I have virtually no expectation for them coming into that first season because Tonga Moa got there so late. From what everybody had said about Matt Leo was this almost kind of a project that even though they don't have a ton of time with him, the idea is once he develops, once he learns the game a little bit more, that... <clears throat> that last year is maybe when he could have the biggest impact. It was it's kind of like buying stock, you know, buying low in Matt and Matt Leo and then selling high, you know, eventually come this this last season. So to me, the spring is really going to tell a, a, a really big tale in terms of how far those two have come along with the time that they've had because they basically got an entirely – uh, free year to to get ready for this upcoming season. They both got a, a good off season, or kind of getting a good off season in in the weight room. And I mean, basically, how their spring plays out is probably going to set the stage for where they kind of start this season. I mean, right now they are both going to be role players, but if they could have any sort of impact, that's going to be huge for that group moving forward because. Right now, I'm I'm with both of you guys. They're both giant wild cards, but to me, they're the difference between that defensive line being uh, great and elite. Yeah, i I have more faith, I think, in Leo at this me point, too. just because he hasn't had the off the field problems and stuff like that. Like he's Leo, just learning the game. Well, too. I mean, and there's real reasons why both of those guys didn't produce last year. Leo barely played football. Campbell and the staff identify as early. It's beneficial to our program and the young man for him to redshirt. So that was pretty clear. Tongamoa, um, you 
guys, we can't, you cannot trust summer JUCOs ever in any scenario. This has been pounded into our souls. In any sport. And yeah. He was like you, a fall JUCO. You cannot, yeah, you cannot trust a summer JUCO. You, you certainly cannot trust a JUCO that shows up the week of the first game. Yeah. So, like, I, I am really interested to see what he can do now that he has been there and, and uh, he's, you know, the strength and conditioning. And, and you would think after his off-the-field deal, if the young man's serious about football at all, that was an eye-opening experience. And obviously the guy that really jumps out to you is is Matt Leo because if you stand next to him, you're like, wow, that guy eats cars for breakfast. You know, he is a, a beast of a human being. Just he he is a sheer uh, physical um, specimen that would impress anybody. So you you would think, wow, he just gets the experience, gets the knowledge, and he should and just the be able to throw people around. That's what you would think, but I mean, it's like I said, they're 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 buying his stock. Yeah, they they certainly are. I'm excited about that group. The uh, Pete touched on the linebackers earlier. I mean, the way Iowa State plays football, they, there's there's not necessarily a ton of them on the field. They've got two that are really good in Spears and Willie Harvey. Uh, one of the more intriguing spring football storylines, in my opinion, I want to see Orion Vance and Jake yeah. Hummel play. I think both of those guys, I wrote this earlier in the week. Uh, we'll see if you guys agree with me here. I think it's as talented of a linebacker duo as I can remember absolutely since not inclined, uh, but um, maybe like 10 years before then. Like These guys could be really good. And I think they could be really good in a hurry. I do too. I, I, I you know, I thought they might. Yeah, I, I, I think um, they're going to have to go a little bit to pl- to get up, to to get out there and get significant snaps. You're talking about Vance and yeah, Vance and Hummel. Vance are the and two Hummel. Guys. Yeah, they're going to have to go a little bit to get and, out and on I the think field. We should include Sutton. Timar Sutton. Con- yeah, conversation. yeah, because Timar Sutton played pretty well played, during those times right. where Joel Lanning had to come off the field to kind of get some breathers either from you know playing quarterback or just whatever so those are three very viable options kind of weighing in the rings and I mean Hummel plays a true freshman and I think Ryan Vance was a little dinged up last year right uh, yeah I don't know Mar- Marcel Spears don't forget don't forget we talked about we talked about Spears a little bit Spears and Northrup and and Willie Harvey you know those guys weren't bad last year those guys were not bad at all. So I, I think the, the linebacker, I, the whole defense is, is going to be, you know, I, I, I lined out the seniors on the, on the depth chart from the last game, and it looks like there's a lot of lines. But really, there's, there's, it's, not that, it's not that much because there are guys capable to replace them. And that's the thing about last year's team. And the thing about this year's team, another reason why this year's team is going to be better is because the depth of this year's team is going to be better than last year's team. And the depth of last year's team was better than the previous year's. And it's just going to continue to get that way as Matt Campbell and his staff know what the heck they're doing as far as recruiting. They've got it. They've got a plan, and they're sticking to it. Yeah, and and I don't even think this is – like the the thing that is most surprising to me about the way that the the Campbell era – has gotten off to a start where like with the Rhodes deal. And I don't want to, I, I hate doing this, cause, but you have to compare cause he was the last guy there. Sure but, but when he was winning early, I mean, they were a lot. Gene Chizik recruited those guys, right? The thing about Campbell is, I mean, he had some help with Paul Rhodes recruited some really nice football players and Alan Lazard and Joel Lanning. And there's a lot of them, 
But even last year when they go three and nine, or two years ago when they go three and nine, the guys immediately contributing are guys who they like who would have thought going into that year that Mike Warren essentially gets benched for these freshman running backs who nobody had heard of. I mean, and it's like, all, so they could evaluate talent is my point. Yeah, and it's all over the field from the offensive line. I mean, look at even that first year, Jacob Park uh, you know, was sharing snaps with uh with Joel Lanning, then you mentioned the running backs, Hene Nwangu and David Montgomery, and wide receiver, too. Deshante Jones was kind of like a forgotten guy for Iowa State last year, and he had a fantastic freshman season. Um, and then guys on the defensive side, too. You know, you're, you're talking about Jaquan Bailey, those type of guys. And kind of the thing that kind of had me thinking, Chris, when you mentioned kind of like that little dynamic duo of – of two really good linebackers. I mean, probably one of the best parts of Iowa State's defense may be that secondary where you have a really good dynamic duo, a Brian Peavy and DeAndre Payne, who are both all 12, all Big 12 type players, and both could possibly be playing in the NFL someday. I mean, Brian Peavy will get on a team. Brian Peavy will probably get drafted. Payne will probably get signed as a non-drafted free agent, but both those guys are extremely talented, and and that part of the team mm-hmm. has a ton of depth too. With guys like Azuna, mm-hmm. I mean, who stepped in. You look at the bowl game. I mean, the bowl game was almost a preview. He looked really good. In of, the bowl game. Yeah, that was almost a preview of the Iowa State secondary for this season with uh, um, Kamari Khan Moyao and. Um, Everett Edwards. Um, Edwards. Edwards. Edwards, yeah. Uh, what's funny about that, when I was sick last week, I actually watched the Liberty Bowl in bed, and that was one of the things I picked up on was just the, the performance of that second. Uh, that was really a incredible defensive performance. Against a good quarterback, too. Real, I mean, an elite offense, yeah. a really good play caller, everything about Here's it. Here's another reason why this team's going to be better than last year. Um, Kane's coming back. And, and yeah, I love Kane. He can Kanae. play anywhere yeah. he wants to, but he's certainly going to be – um, I'm assuming they'll have him at kick return, whereas where two years ago he was one of the best in the country. Um, the Iowa State wasn't the greatest on, on kickoff returns last year. That's, and I'm assuming they still allow the kickoff return next fall. I'm assuming they're going to that out this summer. Um, that he's he's going to be the guy. He'll be one of the best in the Big 12. I, it's, and that's something they need too is all that field position stuff. So Iowa State couldn't have gotten worse in that in that area from from last season. No, in terms of kickoff, oh, it was a, it was atrocious. I mean, I mean towards just, the end it of this, didn't even matter what they tried; like it was just bad all the way around. Well, at the end, you just wanted Landon Acres to just go back there and catch it and not do anything. That was the best play for Iowa State on kickoff. For you turn. know what? And it, this hasn't gotten enough pub. The, the the kicking situation next year is a. I mean, that's a legitimate question, especially for a team. Like, we can sit here all we want and talk about how we think Iowa State will be better. They're going to be in close games. Yeah. They're, like, they're not going to be blowing a lot of people out. They're going to need to be, kick and punt and do all those things. Here's <laughs> why I'm, I'm, I'm feeling fine about Iowa State's special teams going into next season is um, now you've got Joe Houston who got, who got bumped up to that special teams coordinator. He's kind of been the guy that's been credited. You talk to Garrett Owens. You talk to Cole Nen. He's the guy that they keep bringing up as the guy that turned things around for them. And that was a guy who wasn't even a coach uh, last season, an assistant coach. He was a support staff guy. So he was pretty limited in what he could do. 
Now he's going to be able to be more hands-on. He's going to be able to help Braden Narverson, who's going to be a true freshman who's already on campus right now, who has, you know, watching film, reading his stats, has a hell of a leg. Uh, Then you have Corey Dunn, the the Australian punter, who, you know, is from rave reviews from Campbell. So I would say, you know, one, just, the fact that you have Joe Houston, who has proven time and time again that he knows what he's doing when it comes to those specialists, you got to have a little faith or at least it, it, to me, it's a lot like the offensive line. We're always kind of buying into into their possible success because of what Tom Manning was able to do with the offensive lineman. I'm kind of the same way when it comes to Joe Houston, the kickers. You know, and Manning was in the press box, too, so it was Myers working with those guys on the field. Correct. And Houston was working with those guys on the field, too. So, I mean, I mean, they, he, and that's one thing about Campbell. He, he, his guys, his, his GAs, they're hands-on. They are very hands-on. They're, they're just like having extra coaches on the field. And, I mean, and, um, so it's not like they're stepping into something that they've never done before. Very true. Randy Peterson, Tommy Birch, Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Do a little more spring football when we come back. I want to ask these guys about the quarterback situation. I, have, I do have a few questions for myself on, on this. Uh, we'll talk some NCAA tournament, the Big 12 sending four teams to the Sweet 16. All that and more when we come back on Tell 7 here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back to... Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. We're with our friends from the Des Moines Register. Are we still friends? <laughs> Absolutely. That will never change, Randy. Um, So I think we all would agree Kyle Kemp is the overwhelming frontrunner to be Iowa State's starting quarterback. I don't know if I would say overwhelming. I would say he is the clear cut, but... Okay, he's yeah, the clear-cut I mean, front, front runner. Yeah, they're not bringing. They're not doing through all the, all the paperwork, all the submission and the resubmission and the resubmission of the submissions to make it to to bring him back to to, to flash signals for Zeb. No, I think they brought him back for sheer experience and the idea Bingo. that they'll need some depth too. Bingo. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think they brought him back to, to start. Every game this season, no. I think they brought him back to eventually usher in a new quarterback. But I mean, yeah, I could, I, I probably took too much liberty with what you're saying, Chris. I, what I was trying to say is, yeah, um, Kemp does enter the season as the starter, but I think there is a legit competition brewing there with where Zeb Nolan can battle for playing time right away probably not starting playing time right away but battle for meaningful snaps right away so i guess where i'm leading here is kemp and nolan are both obviously there in the spring now uh kemp for the kemp was a non-factor really last spring i uh, wasn't even on scholarship um is this an actual open quarterback competition or is this kemp's job to lose leading into august i th- do you want to take this? Go ahead. <laughs> I think it's Kyle Kemp's job to lose, but um, you know, I think he's going to be under kind of a tight leash. I mean, I think at the end of last season, you know, look, I've said the Oklahoma game was astounding. He played lights out. What he did for Iowa State 
taking over that job and helping Iowa State get to a bowl game and do what it did during that four-game stretch was incredible. But what you saw in the Oklahoma game and what you saw in the Liberty Bowl uh, are kind of the extremes of Kyle Kemp. The Oklahoma game is the best you will see of Kyle Kemp. And the Liberty Bowl or maybe um, – I'm, I'm trying to think of another one of Iowa State's games kind of towards the tail end is kind of maybe the West Virginia game. The truth of Kyle Kemp, the skill set of him, kind of lies somewhere in between there where he's not as bad as he looked towards the end at times, but he's never going to be as good as he was during that Oklahoma I don't think game. he's as good. I, I, that's that's where I go. And yeah. I, and I'm not killing – I know how elite he is mentally – he commands a huddle. He does all those things that Matt Campbell loves. Absolutely. And we we say it all the time, kind of a, a game manager, and that's what Iowa State needed last season. But the reason why that worked so well is because that defense uh, kept them in games this, you know, uh, uh, last season. And, man, if, if Iowa State would have been just a little bit better offensively, that's what would have got them, uh, gotten them over the hump in some of those close games, like the K-State game where, uh, man, the offense disappeared for substantial um, a substantial amount of time during that game and so many other times. The difference between that game and other games, you know, maybe uh, Texas Tech, TCU, stuff like that, the defense stepped up and made a play at the end. Uh, games like the K-State game, the defense just couldn't get that last stop. And then, you know, of course, everything with the officials, too. Pete, same question to you. Is this Kyle Kemp's job to lose, or is this an open quarterback competition? It's not an open quarterback competition until unless they go 2-2 two and two in the first four games. And I think you've got a quarterback competition. Um, people forget about uh, forget this. I mean, I don't know what people expected out of Kyle Kemp last year, but when's the last time he played a game? Before last year, it's five years before Thank that, you. I think. Yeah, I mean, people say he doesn't have as strong as arm as Zeb Nolan or as as um, Jacob Park. Well, of course he doesn't have a strong arm. He hasn't been he hasn't been throwing it that much. I mean, it's been four or five years since he's played, and so I mean, everybody, I don't know, I'm throwing him under the bus is a little bit strong, but I don't know what people expected from him he's got a stronger arm this year because he's had he's i hope got, you're right he's got what eight games under his belt or however many he played last year remember he didn't start last year so i just think i don't know what people expected from him i'll tell you i just think there's different types of quarterbacks oh yeah he's not a gunslinger like zeb zeb is the type who's got a cannon and he's gonna go out there and just sling it all over the field and I don't think Matt really wants that right now. Yeah, and kind of. I, I just don't think that Kyle has that in him. But he, he's going to make the smart play every time, right? He's going you, to. You and just, it's, you, that's what you want in those first four games. I mean, I, I keep coming back to that to the first four games: South Dakota State at Iowa, Oklahoma, Akron. You want to throw a fifth game in there at TCU? That's, that's a, a top-heavy schedule. Tough do you want somebody in there that's that's taking a risks, or do you want, or do you want somebody in there that you know what you're going to get from? Yeah, I mean, I think the the simplest way to look at, it, and I think we've said this exact same thing on this show before. When it comes to Cal Kempt and Zeb Nolan, Cal Kempt is probably not going to go out and lose you a game. He's not going to make a mistake during uh, the he game. He damn near did in that bowl game. Yeah, 
He, but there was a lot of win too in yeah, his defense. He's he's usually not going to go out there and lose you the game. Zeb Nolan has the potential to go out and do things to go to go win you a football game. But he's still, at least from what we saw last year, he was still raw, still young, still learning. That he could make those mistakes that make Hashi a football game at that. But then he makes the throw and ba- against Baylor to Hakeem Butler, and you're all just like, "Oh man, harness that right there!" Exactly. Exactly. Throw the catch. Well, and that's, but, the throw is really good too. <laughs> yeah. Just I'm just saying, like the catch was phenomenal. Yeah. There's no question. But man, like he he's got that kind of like uh, kind of like Park did really, where and, it's just like he'll make these throws, and you're like, "Okay, that's a big time quarterback right there." But there's just so much more to that position than just look, having a big arm. Look how much Park grew, even you know, on the field. How much Park grew from that first season to uh, that second season. Throw out the Texas game. Outside of that, I mean, you you saw Jacob Park make legitimate strides from year one to year two. And that first year, he was sharing. Uh, you know, snaps with Joel Lanning. Joel Lanning was kind of, I guess, ushering him into the system almost when when you go back and look at it. Now you kind of look at it like, okay, now it's kind of Kyle Kemp's job to usher in Zeb Nolan, kind of help him take off the training wheels. Now how long that takes to me is going to be the biggest question mark. You know, like Randy said, four or five games into the season, that could be when Iowa State starts looking for a change. Maybe – I think early on in the season we're going to see, regard unless Jake unless Kyle Kemp is just playing absolutely lights out like he did in the Oklahoma game, I think early on we're going to see Zeb Nolan get some pretty meaningful uh, snaps early on. Man, I just like I'm so high on Zeb's talent. But I'm not that high on him as a leader yet. I mean, he's still young. Kemp is so good in that capacity, knowing the offense. I think they'll give him more. I think they'll give him more liberty at the line of scrimmage this year. If and he'll know enough not to run the ball. Yeah, I just if Iowa State. I, I'll, let me go this way out then, Randy. You tell me true or false here, okay, bud? Mm-hmm. If they win nine games, let's just say that. Like that, I think that that'd be counting this, the ball. Okay, whatever. Yeah. yeah, if they if they max out this year, right. put it that way, or they come close to it, I don't think this can be a back and forth court. I think no, Kemp no, needs to be I, the guy, I don't either. Right? I don't. Don't either. you need to be one consistent guy and, yeah. and roll with it? Right. Exactly. And then Kemp's your guy next year, or uh, excuse me, Nolan. Nolan's your guy in. We'll see about 20? Purdy. Yeah. Nineteen, two thousand. Yeah. Don't forget Purdy too. Yeah. We'll see how oh, he develops. He's, he's coming in June. Yeah. That that that's true. But yeah, I, I'm. I've, if I'm an Iowa State fan, I'm very optimistic about Kemp. I mean, I, I can't. I don't know how, much, how different way I can say that. He's he's going to be their guy, and I'm not. Yeah, he'll he'll get Zeb will get some meaningful snaps, but it's the game's going to be. He's not going to get meaningful snaps when it's a close game. I mean, I I don't I don't see that happening. I don't barring I don't see injury it like it barring yeah. yeah barring injury who takes more snaps at quarterback next year real mitchell or zeb nolan uh, oh what a question boom i zeb. i, I I'd I'd say think real. 
I think Zeb. Oh, no, yeah. I think we just wait a minute. We just we no, just canonized. Well, we just canonized Zeb. I, 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 I total. I know where Kirk's going with this. It's he's going to be think, in the Landram package. I agree. Yeah, I think that's where you're going to see Real Mitchell get a ton of playing time. The Joel Liner, the Joel yeah. Liner is not going anywhere. Yeah, you said at quarterback. I, uh, that's Campbell. What, Campbell well, is, he is a quarterback. Okay. Campbell he's loves quarterback. Campbell loves having kind of that running quarterback type option in his system, and I think that gives it to him. I mean, they've constantly said that right now Real Mitchell is one of the fastest guys in that program right now. I, it was a you trick gotta, question. Yeah. You got to get uh, – they want to get him on the field, I think. So, I don't know. And uh, I mean, if you had to ask – you're asking who gets more snaps? Snaps. I'm not saying like <coughs> yep. is a traditional quarterback, but yeah. lining up at quarterback, who I gets think, the most snaps? I think Zeb Nolan because I – think this is what I and I'm totally could be wrong I think by the end of the year Zeb Nolan is going to be the starting quarterback he's going to be getting more snaps than Kyle Kempt and I think Real Mitchell I mean man to me the question mark could very well be um, you could have a fair question who gets more snaps Kyle Kempt or Real Mitchell because I think by the end of the year it's going to be Zeb Nolan what about this? The new Joel Line package. Quarterback is Real Mitchell in a wildcat with David Montgomery and Ken Abe next to him out of the shotgun. And I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think Ken Abe can play that's that a, shotgun. That's a winner. Ken Abe can do the shotgun thing. Don't forget Johnny Lang. Well, you can Please, only put don't. so many running backs on the field. <laughs> Why? You can put four. Have that diamond thing. We talked. We uh, that was last week on the show. We talked about the, having four quarterbacks on the or four running backs on the field at the same time and have a diamond. I don't know why Campbell just doesn't hire me to be his offensive coordinator. Did you apply for? Uh, they still haven't named the position. Is it still up on the website? Because I actually thought about writing a column, like while I filled it out about why I'd be a good candidate for it. Why would you be? Yeah, I want to hear this. Oh, you want to hear this? Yeah. You're going to have to wait five minutes. Back with more after this Cyclone Insider, and I'm going to tell you why I should be the next offensive coordinator at Iowa State here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Just running down reasons why I should be Iowa State's next offensive coordinator. Here's a reason, Randy, because I don't overthink things. And every coach we've ever run across overthinks things. One thing that my offense would never do, if we're on the damn goal line, we're not getting in the shotgun. Oh, thank you. You've got you've come to my side on that one. Because every D1 Campbell player... Campbell and I get crosswise on that three times a year. You should be able to take a snap. Like, and, if, and, like if you're a and division he said, one... He told me once, he says, I'm not, this team's not blessed with a bunch of John Elways. Excuse me? You can't get under the center's butt? Take a butt. snap and Can't get under it. the center's butt and take it? You Landing practice could, Landing could, Oh, yeah. Exactly. My team wouldn't be doing that. We'd be lining up. And we'd be playing with the the wildcat. You wouldn't be playing sissy ball. Hell, the quarterback I'd, clear back there. I'd line David Montgomery up at quarterback. Let him take a snap. Bingo. How about yeah, um, 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 Michael, Michael Warren. You get yeah. all your running backs on the field at the same time. Montgomery's Stay a former quarterback. I feel more comfortable with okay, him. Okay. Okay. Then you talk about a jet package. If you've got four running backs on the field at the same time, hello. Boom. So if I sold you on, I'm not going to overthink things. I'm going to get the ball to my playmakers. I'm going to call plays 
with the ability of my offensive line in mind. I want to know that's the, br- the key. Who breaks down the defensive tapes, though? Who spends the hours and hours and hours? Well, I have a staff for that. Okay. GA. A GA. A GA. Bother yourself with that. A GA. Nonsense. You've got a GA. I got a staff, and they'll give me a report. Oh, gotcha. Like the president every morning. Like as you walk out of the tunnel onto the field? There goes half of Chris's work day. No, I think it's fun. I think, but I who would so who would your quarterback be? Well, um, I, it would start off as Kemp, but I the this the second that I think that Zeb has proven himself as a leader, I I think you really have to strongly look at that because he he just he I think he has so much more athletically and arm strength than Kemp. There's a, my old deal is just, guys. There's a reason Kemp didn't play for five years. Absolutely. And, like, however, like, the one thing that I do really admire about Campbell, all, all joking aside, Campbell and what Manning was doing last year and whoever is doing it next year, this is just a system, and you kind of just plug guys in there. You don't – in order for this system to work, you don't have to have John Elway. Well, and that's probably the best thing Kyle Kemp has for himself moving forward to this season is that – they were, I mean, they they were definitely limited in what they could do with Kyle Kemp, not just because of skill set, but because of how that team was built. That team was built around the arm strength of Jacob Park and what he could do. It wasn't intended for a guy like Kyle Kemp. I mean, I remember going into last season thinking like, okay, uh, if something happened to Jacob Park come game five, six, or seven, Zeb Nolan's going to be the next guy in. The problem with last season was it came so early and at such a weird time that Zeb Nolan wasn't ready. And Zeb Zeb is more of a Jacob Park type quarterback. Where you know there's more similarities in those two than there are of Kyle Kempt and anybody else on that roster. Yeah, that's good analysis. I don't think I don't think Campbell's going to. I think. It, I don't know. I'm going to keep saying what I've been saying. I don't think he's going to change quarterbacks until he absolutely no, he, has to. I think he's going. And you're to not get, going to you're, change quarterbacks. And, 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 no, he will be stubborn with Kyle. Yeah, Kemp. because we talked be about how drastic different they are. So they change quarterbacks unless look at they're unless, looking at they're going to have to change their style. I mean, because, to, go ahead. Sorry, to no. me, I look at it like, man, look at Joel Lan- I mean, Joel Lanning, even during his junior season. He was the heart and soul of that team. You know, Joel was a captain. I mean, I think Joel was a captain his junior year, right? I mean, Joel was the heart and soul of that team, a guy everybody looked up, looked up to, and a guy that you wanted on your side in the locker room. And still, even for what he had, you know, granted it was unlimited about just how important of a leader he was moving forward, Campbell still flipped the trigger, flipped the switch, and went to Jacob Park at the end of what proved to be kind of a meaningless season. Yeah, no, it's all God. I can't believe we just spent that much long or that that much time talking quarterbacks here in March. Simo- I, I mean, I love it. I love it. That's actually the different. I mean, you know, you you said you hated bringing up, uh, you know, comparing him and Paul Rhodes, but ultimately well, that Paul's was quarterbacks yeah. killed him. But that, yeah, that was ultimately probably the, the one of the biggest issues when it came to the Rhodes era is that they thought they could build 
a team from kind of the outside out and that they could plug in any quarterback and they'd be fine. Okay, just just for the public record here, I tweeted out next year's Joel Line package, Real Mitchell at QB with Ken A. and Montgomery to his left and right, Wildcat, boom, hashtag winner. You're welcome. And I tagged Campbell. I said I would take the offensive coordinator gig for a simple 250K. Simple. Wow. You pay me 250k, yourself. I'll do You're it. You're underselling yourself. That's a $450,000 job. Yeah, least. I don't have the I know my credentials are top notch, but they're not at the 450,000. <laughs> you can negotiate later. <laughs> yeah, after I after I improve this team's offensive analytics, after, like the way after we're you going absolutely to absolutely when I send crush Kyle it. Camp to the bench. After you've gone through No, I'm going to get him in the weight room. Are you I'm like going to change positions <laughs> and put him at linebacker? <laughs> We're gonna. I mean, we're not gonna overthink things. No, you know, the the uh, second we line up behind the 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 center, as soon as you say you on the goal lines, things. and we score a touchdown, the crowd's gonna go wild. Because we haven't seen that in years. You don't re- ask Brunzi this sometime about back in the day when Jim Kreiner was a coach. They used to have what they called the fans' plan. Have you ever heard that? I've one? heard this. This is awesome. A fan would would send in a plan, and and allegedly, Kreiner would run it. And then on the radio show or TV show after the game, he'd say, this is how this fan plan, the fan's plan worked out. I mean, it was crazy. Because I I think I saw it on one of the Colin shows. Somebody, somebody phoned into Rhodes and said, you, this is the type of play you should Well, they needed help, all the help they could get Colin to play with the offensive coordinators that outfit had. That that would be, that would be (laughs) kind of a cool promotion. One play a game. Fan might be able to do better than Mangino and whoever else those people were. Real quick, let's go on the record. Uh, Who wins the national championship in college basketball? I still have Duke. I had Duke, Kentucky. I'll pat myself on the back. I had them in the finals before the tournament. I'll stick with that. Duke wins it. Kentucky. Okay, you're going Kentucky. West Virginia. Oh, I love it. I Bold think this pick. is the year. I've been saying this every year that the style of, of defense, the pressing stuff that West Virginia plays, it ought to be good enough to get West Virginia a long ways in the NCAA, which it hasn't, but this year I think it is. Boom. I, I like Javon Carter. I would love to see West Virginia win. That would be awesome. I think that would be. I want, I, just I, to see hugs. Yeah, just to does. watch hugs. See him on the ladder. That would be fantastic. What do you get on the ladder? Oh, I better. Oh, we have to. Did oh, you yeah. uh, you talked to Custer, right? Former yeah. Cyclone Clayton Custer. How's yeah, he's he doing? He's excited. He's still a good kid. He, uh, he's a great he's, guy. He's you know um, he's a guy you root for. Yeah, you you absolutely root for you root for that whole story. Um, yeah, he was he was excited. Um, he's heard from a lot of Iowa State fans. He said, um, so, and he's got sister Jean sitting there pulling strings for him. So who would have thought? A horrible shot that he off his hand and he said it was horrible and the ball bounces all over the place and sister Jean does one of her things and and boom who would have thought that Hallis Cook and Clayton Custer would eventually meet up in the sweet 16 Hallis Cook's but this is the second sweet 16 yeah I know but I'm just saying like two years ago I mean he's not playing like but, what were yeah. the chances of Nevada and Loyola yeah. Chicago I know with those two guys leading the way I know I mean, I think it really you, is odd. I mean, it kind of makes you think. I know we were talking about this, but you know, in the in the past. But like a guy like Jacoby Long, I know it's not a big loss for Iowa State, but he could go to a smaller school, a, a mid major, and he's pro- he he's not going to be the same level of player that Clayton Custer is, but he could go to a nice mid major and put together a solid career there, right? Yeah. So I mean, I mean. He, yeah, 
saw anybody. a couple of years. He's got two left. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I think that the go, there's a significant drop in competition there. Absolutely. I mean, you can get you can get swallowed up pretty quickly playing a full time Big Twelve schedule if you're not that type of guy. Custer made the right move. He would. I don't. He was buried. Yeah. He would. He would have played last year. Absolutely. He, he would have played, played at Iowa year. State. He, I don't think he ever would have been this guy. No. He wouldn't have been this raw. He wouldn't have gotten to do what he's doing now. It, thanks, Just, fellas. Good episode. Uh, spring football tomorrow for the clones. We'll all be up there. Uh, I think Fox is up next. Iowa Wolves are up next. Thanks, Sean. Go Wolves.